When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 115 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. This has been an interesting week for sure. I mean, not to be fair, a ton of big storylines uh, surrounding the Knicks. It is a bit of a, uh, a slower week. We'll get to a couple of Knicks headlines, though, and then we'll go a little bit broader as we tend to do around the NBA as well. And really the biggest question of the week, and this is why I love interacting with you guys and my friends that listen to the show and just Knicks fans in general or NBA fans. Every once in a while, I'll get a, I'll get a shout from an NBA fan or another podcast or something like that, and they'll ask questions and, and get my thoughts on, on things like that. Um really was this week was who has had the best off season in the NBA so far. And we will touch on that a little bit later on in the show. I've got a few teams in mind that possibly could be in that discussion. We will touch on it a little bit later on. Let's get through the Knicks headlines first. And before I do that, though, hope you guys are having a good week. It's been a little bit rough. I know in the Northeast, it's it hasn't exactly been peachy at times down in Florida where I'm at at the moment for work either, but I'm hoping you guys are still hanging in there wherever you are, wherever you listen to the podcast. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy week to do so as always. And again, hope you are doing well despite what continues to be at times tough circumstances in 2021. Now let's dive into the Knicks headlines. So nothing big, I feel like, this week. I hate to say it like that, but there's not a ton uh, to look to here. Um, just, a couple of, just a couple of quick headlines. Um, some talk over where Frank Nilakina is going to sign. Um, obviously, the Knicks have basically moved on from him. Uh, and there's been a few, there's been a few people, um, that have talked about, you know, where he's going to end up, obviously, um, a couple of columns have kind of mentioned, you know, what's the best fit. And it, and for me, when I first saw this, I was a little bit like, I don't know. I don't know what the best fit for Frank Nilakina is. I, I think it's gotta be on a team that's very much stable defensively. I think it's got to be a team that you know won't need to rely on him to handle the ball offensively. Again, he's still young, but I think he's got to be around a team that's a little bit further along. Uh, the Pacers have been thrown into the conversation. Um, I'm curious to see if they could be a team that kind of fits. It would be an interesting one. Um, I, I think that if they were to do that... Um, 
I think he could fit. I think he could fit. It it it's, it kind of checks off some boxes there. Um, you know, I was just contacted to to hop on a a Suns podcast to talk about the potential fit with Alfred Payton. I'm going to be doing that next week. So it got me thinking about, you know, what the heck's going to happen to to Frank Nilakina as well. Obviously the Knicks have moved on. Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier are now the here and the now for the Knicks. So it's a it's an interesting thing to kind of keep on the radar. Obviously, if he stays in the East, the Knicks will be playing him, uh, especially if he stays in division. Uh, just curious, you know, for me. Obviously, we've had our we've had our spats on this podcast about Frank Nilakina and what should happen to him. We've had a little bit of a Alfred Payton spat, but I think we for the most part we've been on the same page. And I'm talking about myself, obviously, and you, the listeners. So I, it's one of those things where, um, for me, as a fan of the NBA, you always get curious about where the former Knicks end up. Um, obviously, Alfred Payton is with a very good team. Uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to work. Um, I, I They needed some depth, I think, at the guard position. I'm just not sure if Alfred Payton is the right choice. We'll see. Uh, he can do things that the Suns need. But then there's other times where, you know, again, he's been very Jekyll and Hyde and it can really uh, have a rough stretch. So we'll see. Uh, and again, you know, I'll be talking about that on a Suns podcast that I'll try to promote uh, next week, early next week. I think on a Monday, I'll be hopping on their show. But I, I think the other thing is, is with Frank Nilakina, is there is still time to figure it out. I just don't think the ceiling's as high as everybody thought it was going to be when the Knicks first took him what is it, three or four four years ago, I think. So I I think it's, Pacers make some sense. I I think another team, in my opinion, you throw out there might be the San Antonio Spurs. I I think that could be a team where, with a really good coach and Greg Popovich, if he's able to meet the requirements to to get minutes, I, I think he could be a really interesting piece to what Greg Popovich is trying to kind of restructure in San Antonio. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of teams that are too young to have another young player with some deficiencies that Frank Nilakina still has as far as offensively, he's not consistent enough handling the ball, not the best. And, and I think shooting the ball still a ways away from where he would need to be, to be on a championship caliber team. So although to be fair, Alfred Payton is on the suns and I, and I think he, He's definitely a step up from Frank Nilakina, but he can be just as inconsistent at times as we saw last season for different stretches offensively. So, uh, and obviously the biggest thing with Alfred Payton is him turning the ball over. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where those former Knicks end up. It's just kind of been a couple of headlines, a few columns that have been written this week about where those guys could end up, specifically Frank Nilakina. Of course, it's interesting with Frank in general, just because with the Pacers, with the Spurs, or whether it's with maybe another team, if he wants to, you know, maybe be on like a fringe playoff team, maybe the Pelicans, you know, a team like that, that maybe needs a little bit of depth defensively, maybe needs a little bit of an extra piece as far as the backcourt is concerned. You know, maybe those are the kind of teams you look at, but obviously, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up and how Alfred Payton works out in Phoenix, just because 
We know what they can bring, but in different systems in the NBA, you know, things can change, whether it's positive in a positive way or in, in a negative way. So I think Alfred Payton has got a pretty good chance to succeed in Phoenix. There's a lot around him. I think Chris Paul could be a really good mentor for Alfred Payton. And I think in, you know, more restricted minutes, he could be really good. I, I think the um, the thing that, you know, Nick fans have to keep in mind as far as, you know, what you see when he leaves and goes to play for a championship caliber team is Alfred Payton could fit in very well. But remember, he's not going to be playing as nearly as many minutes as he played with the Knicks, not even close. And obviously he ended up losing the starting job on multiple occasions while he was here, most notably to Derrick Rose in the playoffs last year, where Tom Thibodeau basically had no choice. Derrick Rose was thoroughly outplaying him and was really the best player on the floor. You really couldn't ignore that Derrick Rose needed to start games for the Knicks, specifically in the playoffs. We can even argue at times down the stretch last season. And even when Alfred Payton started, he didn't always play 30 minutes. You know, there'd be times he'd play 20 23 minutes and then Derek Rose would play 35 or something like that so it, it was one of those things where it, it just didn't really or I guess for Derek Rose 30 minutes roughly but it, it was one of those things that it just it didn't really for the long term it didn't work out having Alfred Payton in that role if he's in a more restricted role on a second unit that's deep and has less pressure on him maybe that's where he can succeed. I, I think Frank Nilakina is a different situation where he's still young and still hasn't really earned a ton in the NBA. So he's going to be fighting for minutes wherever he goes. And I think with the Pacers, what would make it difficult is there are some other backcourt guys that do what Frank Nilakina does very well, uh, namely TJ McConnell. So I, I would think that that could be a nice test for Frank Nilekina to see if he's really up for the challenge. Um, for now, we'll, we'll have to to wait and see. Uh, but as a, as a Nick fan, I'm, I know I'm curious uh, how they're going to end up. And it's one of those things where you kind of look around and, and you see where all the former Knicks have gone and where they've succeeded, where they haven't. Bobby Portis obviously just winning an NBA championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. So... I always get curious. I know some of you guys do as well. Every once in a while, I'll get a question about that, um, whether it's from a fan of the show uh, or you know a friend of mine who will 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 say <laughs> something about you know one of the former Knicks where they're at and things of that nature. Speaking of former Knicks, this is a very I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. Um, I think I've mentioned uh, was it last year. Uh, forgive me, like time passes like decades now, it feels like with COVID, but Charles Oakley was on Dancing with the Stars and we mentioned it on the show. I, I, I dropped the ball on doing like a weekly segment of how he did, but I think he got eliminated pretty early, if I remember correctly, which was disappointing. And this is not as big of a deal for Knicks fans, but I know Iman Shumpert is going to be on Dancing with the Stars as well. Um take that for what it is. I, 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 it's not as big of a deal. He's not as more as not as beloved of a Nick as Charles Oakley is, but for some reason, dancing with the stars, anytime an NBA player is on there, it pops up on my feed. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him mention. He's a former Nick, 
you know, Nick's, you know, once a Nick, always a Nick to a certain extent. I think, I think Shumpert's a little bit of a tweener on that. He's also a former net. So it's tough to, you know, there's not as much love there. Although his putback dunk against Indiana in 2013 is still one of my favorite Nick highlights of my lifetime. So listen, it's, you know, you wish him the best. I hope he brings the high top fade back for Dancing with the Stars. I think that's going to get him fan votes. But other than that, I think that it's, you know, just a passing story. And a, what I, I will admit is a slower Knicks week as far as news. So last Nick headline we'll get to here is the latest on Damian Lillard. So this is from, I believe, Chris Broussard. So again, you know my thoughts on that. Take take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. But apparently... um. According to Chris Broussard, and this is kind of a double-edged sword here as far as what he's brought up um, this week, but he brought up two things. Essentially, the first thing is that um, Damian Lillard, this is according to Chris Broussard on FS1, Damian Lillard is not going to force his way out just yet, and I don't think he's as high on him in Philly as the rest of us are. I think he's higher on New York in the East than he is on Philly because he's not that keen on going to somebody else's team. So I think Nick fans immediately, some of you will think, well, 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 could the Knicks be Lillard's team? And I think others are thinking, pump the brakes. And I am on the latter part of that. I don't know if Chris Broussard, you know, it's tough to trust him. I have to say that again. There's been so many times recently where he'll drop little nuggets like this and they're not really that reliable. So that's number one. Number two, there's probably teams in the West where Damian Lillard is looking where he thinks, hmm, that could be my team. And they might be even better positioned than the Knicks. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know where he's looking. At the moment, it's mostly been Philly and New York. I get where he's coming from. He wants to be the leader of the team. And if he goes to Philly, for better or for worse, it's Joel Embiid's team. It's his team. Damian Lillard would be a passenger on that team with him uh, and Tobias Harris along with Joel Embiid. And obviously Ben Simmons would likely go the other way if Portland and Philly could ever come to a consensus on a trade. So take this with a huge huge grain of salt. Um, I I think that that's definitely um, a part of the thing where you pump the brakes a little bit. The second part of this is a little bit more interesting. Um, Chris Broussard has also said, quote, I was told that Ben Simmons is willing to play anywhere for any of the other 29 teams except for the Philadelphia 76ers. I love this quote. Again, I, I again, it's Chris Broussard. Take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. I love this quote. I think this is hilarious. I, I think this is classic player trying to speed up a process of getting out of a city he doesn't want to be in anymore. Um, it's also another thing we will remember if Philly can't get a deal done for Ben Simmons because this puts more of the blame on Philly if it doesn't work out. So it's a great PR move by Ben Simmons. He wants to get the heck out of there. And if they don't, it's on Philly and there's no really, you know, wiggle room there as far as the public PR battle because Ben Simmons is saying, I'll go anywhere, anywhere but Philly. 
basically. I love that. I think that's hilarious. I, I It adds to the blood feud that is very much simmering right now between Simmons and the Sixers. Uh, I think Philly fans will be deep down absolutely... Uh, what's the right word? I mean, just sick to their stomach. It's not a word. That's a phrase. But you know what I mean. They're going to be abs. They won't admit it. They'll be like, of course he wants to go anywhere else. They're they're absolutely fuming right now about the way this is, <laughs> this is playing out. Um, and the worst case scenario is that Ben Simmons is going to be a Sixer next year, and I just don't know how that's going to happen. I I just don't see him being able to play for the Sixers after everything that's been done and after everything that's been said and Ben Simmons's current relationship with the team, with the front office, and most notably with the fans. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Again, it doesn't look like Portland is going to pull the trigger. Damian Lillard, according to some reports, and Chris Broussard is one of them, that he's not keen on leaving just yet. We'll see. He wants to have his own team. Again, we'll see. This is interesting. This is really interesting because uh, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to want to go to the Toronto Raptors. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to want to go to the Detroit Pistons. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to want to go to the Houston Rockets. So it's not any of the other 29 teams, but it's just a get me the heck out of here. And if I don't get out of here, it's on the team. So... This is this is for me as a Nick fan. This is fun. I I know we we you know we've kind of been through this a little bit at times as well. It's nice to see somebody else deal with it. Um, also, whenever they make the thirty for thirty on the process, right? Whenever that whatever that film gets made, my God, are we gonna look back at this time and be like, what the f is going on in Philadelphia? These last five months of Philadelphia. 76ers basketball on and off the court have been mayhem. They've been absolute mayhem. From the uh, from the Embiid tweets to the missed free throws in the playoffs to Ben Simmons uh, being, what was it, at Wimbledon and then being overseas as well for workouts, quote-unquote, and then no one saw him actually working out to the stuff going on right now. It's insane. It's insane, and if ESPN or somebody else doesn't make a documentary on this, I would be thoroughly disappointed because there's a ton here to work with, and we're in the middle of it. So there's obviously, you know, there's going to be a LeBron doc, right? There's going to be a Golden State doc. There's already been some Golden State docs already, but there's going to be a a 30 for 30, surely, on the Golden State Warriors, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a doc on this Philly team. I just I just gotta I got a feeling I got a feeling about it. I, this this whole process thing has been close to a decade now in the making, right? I mean, from you know losing sixty games in a year or whatever it was to slowly building a playoff team to then getting close to a conference finals only to be ripped away by a Kawhi Leonard bounce in Toronto to then just upset losses and injuries and bad performances and arguments and social media and tweets to Ben Simmons wanting out and then what the heck's going to happen next. So there's a lot there, man. There's a lot there to look at. But for now, we wait. For now, we wait to see what happens with Ben Simmons. For now, we wait to see what happens with Damian Lillard. 
I think Damian Lillard's probably going to stay as a Portland Trailblazer. I just don't see it happening this window, if you will, this offseason. I think it could happen during the season. I think it could happen next offseason. I just think the, the closer and closer we get to November, I just don't see it happening. So, or I guess October, but really November. So, in summation, the closer we get to the fall, I just don't see Damian Lillard leaving. And then Ben Simmons, who's going to take him? And my God, if they don't, what the heck's going to happen? Okay, we'll take a break. I think we need it. We'll talk about who's had the best offseason in the NBA and much more. Coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show. Interesting stuff in the first half, obviously, with uh, (laughs) everything going on in Philly. Um, Again, not a ton on the Knicks this week. Um, It's been more of a broad show. Um, Just a couple of quick headlines in the NBA. Again, nothing crazy this week. It's another week in the offseason where uh, the NBA soap opera is kind of taking a vacation. You know, we get a little bit of a soap opera bye week this week (laughs) in the NBA. Um, the Pacers, we talked about them last segment, have announced that they're signing Nate Hinton, who was a Dallas Maverick last season. Um, obviously, um, a couple of columns have suggested maybe a possible Frank Nelikina signing. We'll see what happens. Um, this signing happened a couple of days ago and Hinton, uh, was on a two-way contract last season. This is going to be an exhibit 10 contract with Nate Hinton, He's 22 years old, and he was on a two-way deal, obviously, like I said, with the Mavs last season. So we'll see how he does in Indiana. He hasn't played a ton yet, um, but it's just a quick you know, little NBA headline for you. Um, the Orlando Magic making a little bit of news as well, signing Etwan Moore, former Purdue Boilermaker as well. Um, it's an interesting one. Played 27 games, started once last season for Phoenix. Decent role player. I didn't get to see a ton of him in the playoffs, obviously. A 2011 second-round pick by the Celtics, again, out of the Purdue University Boilermakers in the Big Ten. He was fun to watch in college, that's for sure. Four-year starter. I believe Matt Painter was still there. So, uh, under Matt Painter, uh, they had a really good team while he was there. And obviously, uh, he's had a pretty good NBA career, considering where he was drafted as well. So, kind of leads me into this next segment, which is kind of going around the NBA and deciding who's had the best offseason so far. And, and this is a tricky question, because a good offseason for somebody really varies from team to team, and I was looking at the standings yesterday from last season and then kind of dove into, you know, who could possibly be in this conversation, right? And I think when I start to look through a couple of the teams, who's made a lot of transformations, and to be fair, a lot of this is still to be determined, right? I think a lot of this stuff is up in the air to a certain extent, only because we don't know how some of these teams are going to look. But right off the bat, the first team I thought of was the Orlando Magic. 
I think you have to factor draft heavily into this conversation. I thought they had arguably one of the best drafts that anybody has had. I think getting Jalen Suggs where they got him was a steal. I think they added on and had... They're one of the few teams I think you could seriously argue they had an an A draft. They had an A draft, if not an A minus. They had a really good draft. And now you look at their roster and what they're kind of bringing to the table. They've mixed things up a little bit. But I, I think Orlando's future is is pretty bright. There's some good talent on this roster. I, I don't know how good they're going to be next season. And again, we'll have a we'll have our usual yearly uh, ranking as to who's going to finish where. But you look at Cole Anthony right? You look at Wendell Carter Jr. as well. You also look at the addition of Gary Harris. They have Jonathan Isaac, RJ Hampton, Robin Lopez being brought in from Washington. You know, I I think you also look at the, uh, the, you know, having having Terrence Ross, not only having Jalen Suggs in the draft, but they also brought in Franz Wagner, who a lot of people are high on out of Michigan. So this is a pretty good collection of talent for Jamal Mosley and company to take into next season already. I mean, this, is, this has got the makings of a very interesting team. There's still, there's still a few things that need to be figured out. You know, Markel Fultz is on this roster as well. So I, I think you look at what this team could possibly bring to the table, and it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, obviously Markel Fultz is a huge question mark, but if you get some decent minutes out of him, this becomes an interesting team. It really does. Uh, Michael Carter Williams is on this team as well. So there's some veterans here along with Robin Lopez. So it's, it's pretty exciting what Orlando is putting together. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination, maybe not this year, but the, cause the East is deep. The East is deep, and the next team I'll get to is, is has made the East even deeper. But they are a team you have to look at as an interesting off-season team that has really done well, I must say. The team that I think might win this is my second team here. And this is the team that's probably remade the roster the most, but also potentially improved their team the most. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the, the, the hat in the ring here. I'm going to, you know, uh, go out on a limb to a certain extent. Because I think some people would disagree with this to a certain extent. But I think you might have to go with the Chicago Bulls here. I, they've really had a big facelift on this roster. You already had Zach Levine in place. Nikola Vucevic was already brought in. Kobe White has been a great draft pick already for this team. And with Billy Donovan there, Mo Cheeks on the bench as his assistant, you've really done a great job adding to this roster. Most notably, obviously, the DeMar DeRozan addition, Lonzo Ball as well, Alex Caruso being brought in as well. So you look at now, what this team looks like with Ball, Caruso, DeRozan, and you know Zach Levine 
Derek Jones Jr., Denzel Valentine, Nikola Vucevic, Kobe White. This is a playoff team, potentially, this season, 100%. You know, they got the youngsters like Devon Dotson, Ayo DeSumo, who they got in the draft as well. I I really like what's happening here. Troy Brown Jr. as well. Like, there's this is a young team, right? I, I think the oldest player on this team at the moment is DeMar DeRozan, who's 32 years old. Anyone else, everyone else on this roster is in their 20s. So this is a team that could be around for the next three or four years and be legitimate in the Eastern Conference. I really, I'm really, I think as an NBA fan and a team that, you know, I, I, listen, there's teams in the NBA, and we've talked about this over the past year with the Knicks, that are just, they just make the NBA better just by being competitive. The Lakers... The Celtics, the Knicks, the Bulls, they're, they're all in that conversation. They're all in that conversation. The NBA is better when those teams are good. There's no debating that. When the Knicks are good, the NBA is better. When the, when the Bulls are good, the NBA is better. It just is. It's better when those teams are good, the big markets with the big fan bases. It's better when they're good. The NBA is more fun when the Lakers are good, when the Celtics are good. So it's great to see one of the league's cornerstones be good again because the Bulls have not been good the last few years. They've been terrible some years. So it's exciting to see them kind of start to turn a corner a little bit. They had some of the building blocks in place already, but this offseason has elevated them to potentially playoff status. And that's a big deal in a deeper Eastern Conference where you're expecting the Bucks to be there. The Nets will probably be the favorites. You look at the Sixers with or without Ben Simmons, they will be there. The Knicks should be in the conversation. Atlanta has certainly cemented themselves. And then the Miami Heat are looking to bounce back. And then after that, you need a couple of other teams to round that out. And I think the Bulls could be one of them, 100%. I think you look at Chicago and you have to put them in that top eight conversation right away. Indiana is in that conversation. Potentially Orlando, depending on how things shake out, could be in that conversation. And then after that, you know, it's a, it, there's some wild cards in there. But that's what you're looking at now with the Chicago Bulls they could very well be in the discussion. So it's very, very fun to see that. And I think from where they were a season ago, two seasons ago, I think you can argue they've had the best run of rebuilding a team. Now we have to, we've got to see it on the court. That's the thing. That's the thing. We, we weren't convinced going into last season that the Knicks were going to be playoff caliber. And the Knicks proved it under coach Tom Thibodeau. Billy Donovan now has got to prove it with this team. He's got to prove it that this is the team that is going to turn it around in Chicago. And we'll, we'll get a really good look at them this upcoming season. I'm excited about it. I really am. So I, I think that they are, they are in a good position to possibly snag this, Chicago. They really are. I think you can argue they've had as good of an offseason as anybody in the NBA. I really think you could argue that. Because you look in the West, 
you look in the West, right? And a lot of teams just kind of stood pat. I mean, I, I think maybe the argument can be made here for the Lakers, but, but the Russell Westbrook trade has definitely divided people on whether or not it's better for the Lakers that they've made this deal. And the Lakers have brought in a lot of big personalities onto that roster. Uh, bringing back Dwight Howard, bringing in Rajon Rondo, although a lot of people love having Rajon Rondo on their team. Um, it, it's still a lot of, lot of big personalities around LeBron James. So we'll have to wait and see how the Lakers look. But in the West, I, I think they're probably close to the top. But the Clippers kind of stood pat. So did the Mavericks. We don't know what's going to happen yet with Portland. Denver is going to get healthy. I, I, that's good. But they didn't really do a, a ton else, that, ton, you know, much else than that. Phoenix has re-signed guys. Utah's kind of stood firm with their current team. Golden State's going to get healthy. Great. We'll see. You know, we'll see how that turns out. And we'll, we'll see another year of Memphis, the way they've been playing. So... As far as you know, the best offseason, from draft to free agency to trades, I think the best moves have come in the East. I, I think you look at the Bulls, who finished just outside of the, the top 10 for the playoffs last season. They won 31 games a season ago, Chicago. You know, very much below average. And you could now argue that they could win 40 games and be very much in this conversation, 100%. 100%. And I think it's really going to come down to DeMar DeRozan. Is he up for the challenge? You know, I, he, he has got a lot to prove. It did not work out in San Antonio. He was not on that Raptors team that won a championship. DeMar DeRozan is, is he's not towards the end, but we're getting a little bit closer to the end of his prime here. This is a big year for DeMar DeRozan. And he's got a great opportunity to prove himself in a big market. I'm excited to see how it works out. I really am. It's a good team, potentially, that the Bulls have put together. And then, obviously, you know, you look at them. We talked about it as well with Orlando. They won 21 games last season, Orlando. 21 games. I think they could get up to 30 wins this, this upcoming season. I'm not sure about that yet, but it's, they're capable with what is now on their roster. If Jalen Suggs is all he is cracked up to be, this Orlando Magic team is already going to be a few wins better than that. So it's going to be exciting. It really is. The East is getting a lot deeper. And obviously a team that I should have thrown out as well that's going to be in the mix in the East is Charlotte. The Hornets will be in the mix. They will. So I'm very curious, very, very curious to see how these teams are going to look. Let me know what you think. I, I really, I've gone back and forth on this to a certain extent. Is there a team that I missed on or in this discussion? I, I kind of, again, I kind of looked around the league and um, and just kind of thought, man, you know, who's in that who's in that conversation? And those are the first two teams I thought of. I, I thought of Orlando first, and then I immediately went to Chicago after that. And those are kind of the two on between. I think the Lakers, depending on your thought on thoughts on the Russell Westbrook trade, are probably third. They were already good. Th- then it comes down to your def- right, your definition of who had a good offseason. Because it's from where you start to where you are now, in my opinion, as far as how that goes. How much did you improve the team from where it already was? 
the Bulls and Magic have thoroughly improved their teams. I think in in a lot of different ways, especially Orlando, from where they were. They're going to be a much more competitive team next season, in my opinion. So there's those are the two I'm after at the moment. Now, this made me think as well, who's had the worst offseason so far? This one's a little tricky because, again, what's your definition of a bad offseason? It's hard not to go with Philly with what the heck is going on right now. I, I think you, know, you, could, you could take it from the mindset of you know, who's gotten worse this offseason. And then I, I think you look at a team like the Spurs, although they've kind of blown it up. You know, you look at a team like the Raptors. They were already pretty bad, but now they're, they're really not going to be good after losing Kyle Lowry to Miami. That's not going to be great. I think you also look in the West, and I, I'm not sure where I'm at with Sacramento right now. And I, I think other than that, you know, I think the Spurs probably take it. And then we'll see if Portland pulls the trigger on a Lillard trade because then they would be very much in that discussion as well. But what could possibly supersede that is something like what the Sixers are going through right now, where it's just been a media nightmare for Philly. And I think almost regardless of what they do, they you could argue that they've had the worst offseason. I mean, this has been nuts. So I, I think Philly's in that discussion. I think the Raptors are in that discussion. I think the Spurs are in that discussion. Honestly, I should have maybe mentioned this team first as far as the teams that have gotten worse. The Wizards... The Wizards have lost Westbrook and Lopez in the same offseason and have done nothing to improve their team. And they barely got in the playoffs last season. So I, I they worry me quite a bit as well. I, I think the Wizards could take a huge step back without two of their better players. I mean, again, with the injuries last season, Robin Lopez had a huge impact on the Wizards' stretch run and their playoff run through the play-in round and in their first-round series with Philly. So I, I think when you look at, you know, Bradley Beal was dealing with a little bit of an injury, but he played pretty well through it. He's basically all that's left. So I'm not entirely sure how it's going to look right now for the Washington Wizards. I really, I'm not sure. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all pans out. It really is. But for the time being, I, I think it's hard not to go with Philly. I think the Raptors have to be in there. I think you've got to put the Spurs in there as well. And then I have to say, the Washington Wizards have had a rough off season with a little bit of a roster overhaul. And I don't know what the heck they're going with moving forward. I don't know what the future of the Washington Wizards franchise is going to look like past Bradley Beal, who's still, you know, who knows? He might not be 100%. We'll have to wait and see. So that's where I'm at. Again, let me know who you think's had the best offseason. Let me know who you think has had the worst offseason. If you want me to go cut and dry here, and I'll finish the show with this point, I'll pick one of each. I'll go with the Bulls. I'll say the Bulls have had the best offseason so far in the NBA. Heck, the Knicks could be in this discussion for best off season in the NBA with what they've done to improve the backcourt. But I'll give it to the Bulls. I'll give it to the Bulls. I think the Knicks are definitely in the top four of that conversation, 100%. But I think I'll give it to the Bulls. And then in the 
in the worst category, who's had the worst offseason, I got to give it to the Sixers. I've got to give it to the Sixers. This Ben Simmons saga has been a nightmare. It really has been. It's been wild the whole offseason. But I'll say this, as far as who's actually made moves, player personnel, I'll give it to the Wizards. I don't know what the heck they're doing. I don't know what their future looks like. So I'll say Bulls, Sixers, best, worst, respectively. And then my honorable mention is going to be the Wizards for the worst. And my honorable mention for the best, I'll give it, I'll give it to Orlando and give a little bit of an honorable mention after that to the Knicks. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Let me know what you think about that and everything we've talked about on today's show. In the comments on postingandtoasting.com under the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo and at SJ7 on Twitter where I tend to hear from you guys the most. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much as always for listening. Have a great week and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.